0: I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to episode 10 in the fourth edition of the AIC Bible study video series, The New Testament Gospels. In episode 10, I continue the discussion of St. Mark's theme of the miracles of Jesus with the final five of 18 such events plus the dialogue between Jesus and the disciples just prior to Mark 10.45, the turning point verse in St. Mark's Gospel. At the end of the episode, I will point out where material presented in this episode is discussed in the new AIC bookstore publication, The Gospel of Mark, Annotated and Illustrated. The first incident recorded in Mark 5:21 to 24 and 35-43 is a demonstration of Jesus' divine power over death itself. It is most often called the raising of the daughter of Jairus. Jairus was a ruler of a synagogue, probably on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee, perhaps near Capernaum a center for Judaism in an otherwise Gentile region. The foundations of a synagogue were recently excavated there. Jairus came to see Jesus and fell at his feet, begging for his intervention in verse 23, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands upon her that she may be healed and she will live. As the NKJV Study Bible points out, these words signify that Jairus believed that Jesus had to actually touch his daughter in order to heal her. The illustrations for this sequence are from the stained glass window by Mayor of Munich at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, as they are used in the AIC bookstore publication Paintings on Light. The narrative is interrupted by the account of another healing, that of the woman with the blood disorder, which I discussed in the context of demonstrations of divine power over sickness in episode 8. While that incident was occurring, Jairus received word by messenger in verse 35 that his daughter was dead. The messenger questioned the wisdom of further troubling Jesus whom he calls teacher, which is the same as rabbi in Hebrew. St. Mark reports that Jesus in verse 36 told Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. I discussed the meaning of do not be afraid in episode 9 in the context of Jesus' divine power over nature in the account of the calming of the seas. Jesus continued toward the house of Jairus, taking with him into the house only Peter and the two brothers James and John. St. Mark reports that members of the household were, quote, weeping and wailing, which is the Hebrew manner of lamentation. Jesus calmed their worries in verse 39, saying, Why make this commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. The skeptics ridiculed Jesus, who sent all but Jairus and his wife outside, then went in with them into the girl's room and said to her in Aramaic, in verse 41, Talitha Kumi, which St. Mark translates as, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Again, as St. Mark does in nearly every account, the result happens immediately, with the girl rising and walking. An interesting part of St. Mark's narrative here is that Jesus not only commanded them to tell no one, as he did on many other previous occasions, but also exhibited compassion for the girl, suggesting that someone bring her something to eat. Finally, he says to her in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your afflictions. The final set of examples of Jesus' divine powers demonstrated in miracles is found in the two accounts of the feeding of the multitudes. The first, the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark 6:30 to 44 near Bethsaida, which is recorded in all four Gospels, and the feeding of the 4,000 in Mark 8, verses 1-10 in the Decapolis, which is unique to the Gospel of St. Mark. The Decapolis was a region on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, where, according to Nelson's New Illustrated Bible Dictionary, there were more than nine cities with populations over 15,000. The fact that both events took place in Gentile territory gives additional support to another theme of St. Mark's Gospel the universality of the offer of salvation. The illustration is a detail from James Tussaud's late 19th century opaque watercolor over graphite on gray wove paper of the Feeding of the 5,000 from the collection of the Brooklyn Museum. In the first example, the Feeding of the 5,000, Mark 6, 44, it may have been the citizens of Bethsaida and others living on the east side of the lake who were met when St. Mark writes that, quote, many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities, in verse 33, when they saw him and the disciples in their boat on the lake. When Jesus and the disciples arrived on the east shore after a brief period of quiet in their boats, Jesus saw their number and felt compassion for them. St. Mark describes them in verse 34 as being like sheep without a shepherd. The concept of sheep needing a shepherd Goes back to a verse in Numbers 27:17 and is also referred to by the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah 13:7. Saint Mark reports that Jesus began to teach, which means he sat down and spoke while they stood and listened. Remember, in verse 39 he had told them to sit. But Saint Mark does not tell us what lessons were taught. Rejecting the disciples' advice in verse 36 to send them away, Jesus in verse 37a told the disciples the solution, you give them something to eat. They skeptically replied in verse 37b, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? To this Jesus replied in 38a, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. The disciples reported there were five loaves and some fish. What happens next has a strongly liturgical feel about it. Jesus told the people to sit down, and so they sat, as St. Mark reports, in, quote, ranks in hundreds and in fifties. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and, quote, looked up to heaven in verse 41a. Looking up to heaven describes the proper manner of prayer. According to Hebrew tradition, especially Psalm 5, 3, My voice shalt thou hear betimes, O Lord. Early in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. Then he blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before them, in verse 41b. This pattern of bless, break, give, has been followed in traditional Christian worship ever since, when the priest consecrates the elements and the assistants distribute them. The same pattern was followed for the fish, which, quote, he divided among them all, unquote, meaning the people. St. Mark reports that the 5,000, quote, ate, all ate and were filled, in verse 42, with 12 baskets of bread and fish left over. The Orthodox Study Bible, New Testament, and Psalms notes that, in the tradition of the day, only the men were counted by St. Mark, meaning that adding women and children, based on St. Matthew's account, there were many more than 5,000 present. In the second example, the feeding of the 4,000, which St. Mark reports in Mark 8, verses 1 to 10, is shorter and offers much less detail. The location was the Decapolis, a group of ten cities, on the east side of the River Jordan, south and east of the Sea of Galilee, known at the time of the conquest of Canaan as the Gilead and during the kingdom years as Edom. The people, who likely were mostly Gentiles, had been following Jesus for three days and now had nothing to eat. What St. Mark offers in verse eight verse in chapter eight, verse two is strong evidence of a compassionate Jesus. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat, and if I send them away hungry to their own homes, they will fade on the way, for some have come from afar. As in the case of the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples were skeptical, showing their own lack of faith in verse 4. The theme of the power of faith returns in that final verse in verse 4. How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? The illustration, feeding the multitudes, is a miniature illumination in temper and gilt on parchment from the Codex Egberti made for Bishop Egbert of Trier between 980 and 993 A.D. at Reichenau, Germany. With only seven loaves, quote, and a few small fish, unquote, the 4,000 were fed, only the Eastern Orthodox Church teaches that what happened is the fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy, in this case, Psalm 78, verses 20 and 21b. Shall God prepare a table in the wilderness? Can he give bread also? The text of Psalm 78 is from the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Version. The liturgical imagery is nearly identical to that of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus told the people to sit on the ground and offered thanks, meaning he prayed looking to heaven broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples, repeating the same for the fishes. Afterwards, St. Mark wrote in verse 8 that there were seven large baskets of leftovers. This account should not be read without jumping ahead to, verses eight, to chapter 8, verses 18 to 21, and the dialogue between Jesus and the disciples a day later on their boat while crossing the Sea of Galilee from the west side to the east side. There is much powerful imagery in which several themes of the Gospel of St. Mark are repeated. The disciples had brought only one loaf of bread in the boat. Jesus, seeing their unspoken skepticism, questioned them concerning the reason. They thought, in verse 16, it is because we have no bread. Jesus replied, knowing their thoughts, in verses 18, 18 and 19. Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? Twelve, they replied in verse 20. And Jesus replies, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? Seven, they replied. St. Mark reports in verse 21 that Jesus said to them, how is it you do not understand? It is clear from this dialogue that at that point, the disciples did not perceive and understand who Jesus was nor did they have complete faith in his answers. Another church word for the skill of power to perceive and understand is discernment. The illustration for this sequence is a detail from an illumination from the Gospels of Otto III depicting Jesus at sea with the disciples in the context of calming the seas in episode 9. I close episode ten with a discussion of two other dialogues, this time between Jesus and only two disciples, John and James, the two sons of Zebedee. These come just before the turning point verse Mark ten forty five, when the purpose of Jesus' incarnation is revealed. The time is just days before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The location is unclear. Mark says in 1032 only that they were, quote, on the road to Jerusalem and in 1046 before they came to Jericho, which is on the southern overland route from the Decapolis. The illustration is an 11th century miniature illumination in temper and gilt on parchment from the Golden Gospels of Henry the Third. In the presence and hearing of the other disciples, James and John say to Jesus in verse 35, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Jesus' response in verse 37, what do you want me to do for you? And they respond in the other half of 37 with a request, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. In St. Matthew's version, in Matthew 20, 20, it was the boy's mother who made the request. As I have noted in previous episodes, in the Hebrew Old Testament tradition, the phrase right hand of God usually refers to the place of honor. In the Nicene Creed, Jesus sits in judgment at the right hand of the Father. Jesus replied to this request, not with anger or impatience, but with a warning in verse 38. You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? This means that they did not understand that the coming kingdom of which he had spoken was not an earthly kingdom in which he would grant favor. It was only later, after the institution of Holy Eucharist on Monday, Thursday, Jesus' crucifixion and death on Friday, and his resurrection on Sunday, and after their own suffering from persecution, that they understood what the cup and salvation were to share in verse 38 meant. St. Mark shared the observation with the other disciples that the other disciples were not pleased with James and John. Nonetheless, John and St. James answered, We are able, which brought a further answer in verses 37 and 38. You will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give for it is for those for whom it is prepared. Jesus' further answer in verses 42, 43, and 44, a private instruction offered only to James and John, is instructive on St. Mark's theme of Jesus as servant and also offers a transition to the turning point verse, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave to all. The final verse in the sequence, verse 45, is labeled the turning point verse in the New King James Study Bible. It is the verse in which the true purpose of the Incarnation is revealed. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. I will begin episode 11 with further commentary on the turning point verse. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this episode are The Lives of the Saints, an AIC Christian Education video series presented in multiple episodes. From the first series, St. John is the focus of Episode 4, St. Mark of Episode 7, St. James of Episode 12, and St. Matthew of Episode 14. From the 12 Days of Christmas, an AIC seasonal video series presented in 12 episodes, episode 4 for the 4th day of Christmas, December 28th, is focused on the keyword compassion. In the Nicene Creed, an AIC Christian education video series presented in 8 episodes, in that series, the focus of episode 6 is the portion of the paragraph concerning Christ and his place at the right hand of the Father. From our podcast homily series based on readings from the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, the podcast homily for a Seventh Sunday After Trinity is focused on Mark 8, 1-9, the feeding of the 4,000, as well as the epistle reading from Romans 6, 9-23. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, First, the Gospel of Mark, annotated and illustrated. A unique demonstration of divine power over death is found in chapter 5. Two miraculous feedings of the multitudes are found in chapter 6 and chapter 8. Two unique dialogues are found in chapter 10 and the turning point verse also in chapter 10. The illustration is raising the daughter of Jairus from the circa eleven forty volume, the Pericope Book of Saint Ermentrude at Salzburg, from the collection of the Bayerische Staatsbibliothek, Munich, Germany. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, Layman's Lexicon, in which words and phrases of interest are the entries for discernment, faith, Gentile heart, kingdom, right hand of God, salvation, and shepherd. From Christian spirituality and Anglican perspective, guidelines for the development of personal prayer habits are discussed on pages 76 to 80. From the writing prophets of the Old Testament, themes and quotations from the prophet Isaiah are discussed and illustrated on pages 13 to 20 with the text box Isaiah in Christian liturgy on page 16. Themes and quotations from the prophet Jeremiah are discussed and illustrated on pages 21 to 28 with the text box Jeremiah in Christian liturgies on page 24. From Revelation, an idealist interpretation, the concept of ears to hear and its roots in the writing of the prophets, is discussed in the context of the letters to the churches of Asia Minor in chapters 2 and 3. And finally, from the bookstore publications the prayer book Psalter, history text and commentary, the text of Psalm 78 and discussion of its verses follows page 180. Finally, there's Father Ron's blog, a page on our website featuring information on the latest projects, videos, and publications. Entries in the blog usually include an illustration from the featured series. You can reach the blog page by clicking the links at either the top or the bottom of the page, or by copying the direct URL address in your browser, www.aglicaninternetchurch.net write slash blog with blog in all small case letters. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church Legend in the right-hand column, and afterward entering your email address, you can receive notice of each new posting from our our site host, wordpress.com. Please be assured that we do not share information with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for Episode 10 of the New Testament Gospels. Next time, in episode 11, we take up the turning point, verse 1045, in which the purpose of the incarnation and life of Jesus is declared, followed by a discussion of unique quotations, events, and details found only in the Gospel of St. Mark. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.